Welcome back to the Victory Podcast. So glad for you to join us. I picked up my mic as soon as I did that. But it's been a while since we filmed a podcast. We're glad to be back. Um, We are starting, um, actually, I guess we started last week without even knowing a new series for the church. Um, We're going to continue talking on Sunday mornings, a series about the body. Um, What's the title? What did we come up with? I'm not sure what the creative team has come <laughs> up with either. yet, so we'll see. I'll, I'll find that out Sunday morning. Christ's body, function of the I don't know what it's called. What but um, I kind of teased last week, I preached on the unity of the body. What should we be unified over? Because there's, especially now in our culture, I feel like there's nothing to be unified over except one thing, just because should this happen, should this happen? And so with all the disagreements in our culture, our society, in the world even, um, even in the church, what should we be unified over? And so we talked about being unified that Christ is the the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Um, he died for your sins. Confess with your mouth, believe in Him, you shall be saved. He is resurrected, sitting at the right hand of God. It's easy to lose the main thing and to get off into the weeds. And um, yeah, and so I think every once in a while it's good to remember. Um, and you know, on the subject, I, I just think it's important. Um, church was God's idea. Really? <laughs> you know, I mean, really, I think we forget that, you know. Right. It was God's idea. Jesus is the head of the church. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, he's put, you know, structure around it for us to be involved in. Yeah. But Jesus is the head of the church. Right. Church was God's idea. And yeah. I love talking about it, refocusing on keeping the main thing the main thing. Right. Which is hard to do. Absolutely. It, it really is hard with other things that come up because. Well, and people, you know the people in a church have an idea of what the church ought to be doing. So we get these opinions all the time, you know, well, you ought to be addressing this or you ought to be addressing this, or why aren't we talking more about this? If we're not careful, we'll, if we listen to all those voices, it'll fragment us and we'll kind of lose our bearings. And and if I listen to all the voices in my head, I'm fragmented. (laughs) I mean, seriously, like one example, you read, what is the pure and undefiled religion? Love, what, take care of widows and, and orphans, orphans, you know, and keep yourself unspotted from the world. I, I Yeah, part three I like, but right. the widows and the orphans, especially right. the orphans. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard not to make a Nacho Libre joke I know, right? right I was now. thinking the same thing. <laughs> had a Jack Black quote yeah, in my right. mind. <laughs> so it's for the orphans. <laughs> um, but that really, and then it's funny, I read that just the other day, like, God, what is my heart? And then Kayla sends me this boy who needs adopted. Hmm. And she's like, oh, my gosh, we should do this. And now my heart's like, oh, my gosh, is it God? I read the scripture. She just sent me this picture. Should we do it? And, um, hey, for those of you who do. Hats off. Hats off. I think fostering and adopting yeah. is probably the purest form of ministry you could ever have. So those of you who have opened your home to foster children and, and to adopt, yeah. I'm telling you, you're doing the Lord's work. I think at the end of the day, when you stand before God right. and you have given your life in a very – like practical way to I think I think the crowns in heaven are going to be stacked on your head so I mean job. you actually are changing somebody's destiny absolutely taking a family line and you have the opportunity to change a family legacy yeah beautiful absolutely I have some friends who um, adopted um, a little boy I don't know this was probably 10 years ago um, from they were living in Shreveport at the time but the way I just saw it was our 20 high school reunion, 20 year high school reunion, and we were talking about it at the football game. And it just blows my mind about how that little boy's life has completely changed because of what they did. And the birth mom is still there. Wow, beautiful. Yeah. 
absolutely beautiful how how it's that does that not represent the kingdom absolutely we're let's, adopted let's in. talk about the church sorry that is the church what are you talking about <laughs> all right so today we're going to talk about um we have four functions of the church we're going to talk about we're going to talk about two and then we're going to do a podcast later on it so um, that's a little teaser stay tuned but part i'm I, we're actually going to put what i'm about to say on the bottom because to hear it is one thing but to actually read it is another and i got this quote i didn't make it up but i got it from a um Geyser, he wrote Systematic Theology, and he wrote, the purpose of the church is this, to be the visible manifestation, just that, the visible manifestation, an outward expression of the inward character of Christ's body. That is beautiful. But again, it's one of those statements that you're like, oh yeah, but when you dive into it, to be the visible manifestation of Christ's body. Yeah. Like what? Is, what comes to your mind whenever you hear that statement? Well, I just honestly think I, I, sometimes I, I don't know that we fully process like what happened to Jesus with Jesus and his disciples. Right. He literally invested himself in twelve men. Mm-hmm. One of them was Judas, and so he lost him. So Jesus's disciple rate wasn't a hundred percent. By the way, <laughs> I know sometimes <laughs> sometimes we churches are hard on ourselves if we don't, you know, have a hundred percent success rate in making disciples. But even Jesus lost one. Mm. Uh, I gotta <laughs> please hear my heart in that. I'm, I'm not saying Jesus failed, uh, <laughs> but um, but he invested himself in right. in twelve men. Eleven of those, um, you know, continued. And then Jesus left the planet and was like, okay, now you guys, what I've done, you are now, your job is to do what I've done, be my representation, my body. Right. So if the world needs to interact with me, they're going to do it through you. So it, it, they are, were a physical representation of the Messiah. Right, and so when when I wrap my head around that, I'm like, well, that that's a pretty high, yeah, high calling, and and I believe that continues today. I mean, of all the things that we perceive a church to be and do, yeah, I think ultimately, if the world wants to interact with God, they go to a they go to His body, and His body should be a representation of the head. That if that doesn't put weight on you, oh, absolutely. I don't know what does. Like yeah. it, it really does make. And I'm not just talking about the roles of a full time minister. I'm talking about being a Christian, a Christ follower in the body. The weight that that feels to know that God is partnering with you to make His manifestation on the earth. You know, uh, something I want to say. Um, we probably should have said this at the very beginning, but um, I just had this thought as I was as I was talking. Um, I'm a huge fan of Stephen Covey and his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective right. People. And one of the habits of highly effective people is they begin with the end in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one of his um it's one of his habits. And so I try to practice that in my life. So when I when I approach a series, I begin with the end in mind. Like what do I want to accomplish in this series? Yeah. And so speaking on this subject in this podcast, anything we do surrounding this series for over the next few weeks, what I hope to accomplish in it is this. I, I really think there is a we, – we have a wrong paradigm toward the church. We approach church as a consumer. Like I am shopping for the church that best meets my needs. Now understand that you need if you're gonna walk with people and really be a part of a tribe, right. you need to have 
there needs to be commonality there right. and, and I need to be able to jive with this with this tribe. But I think we have a consumer approach to church where we go, okay, what can they do for me? How do I enjoy the music? How do I enjoy this? What are the requirements? You know, and we right. weigh it out as a consumer. And what I hope to accomplish in this series is maybe to flip that mm. um, to a, no, you have been brought into the family of God, and you are part of this body. You're not here as a consumer. Right. You're here as a contributor to this thing. And so when I say that the body of Christ's job is to represent Christ, I don't mean just those of us who stand on the pulpit. Right. I mean those of us sitting in the congregation. Right. You know, and but but I hope to flip that from a consumer paradigm to a participant right. paradigm. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, that's just an overarching thought that I'd like to say yeah. out loud so that you'll know where we're going with this right. series. But yes, I agree with that statement that the body of Christ is to be a physical representation of Christ. Right. And and maybe the way I said that is is just right, is that when the world, when somebody wants to interact with God, right. that sounds right. almost like heresy, but it really is I didn't I didn't set it up that way. And I didn't take anything from God. Right. That's the way he set it up. Yeah. That if you want to interact with me, go to my body mm-hmm. and hopefully yeah. when you go to the body you see a true representation of the head yeah. that we do a good enough job to reflect the image right. of our head Jesus yeah. as yeah. his body absolutely and there's a difference in the um, invisible church and the visible church so the invisible church is what we call the universal church it's all the local churches combined it's the the world the universal church right Kind of invisible because you can't see it. That word universal gets a little. I know. It's, it has I'm not a talking new about universal. Connotation not talking about universalism. It, so that's not what we're dealing with. Yeah, we're not talking about universalism. But what we're saying is worldwide, global. Right. The body of Christ. Right. No Which, matter what label we sit under. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which universalism may be a great thing to talk about on a podcast. But anyway, because um, it is something in our culture. But yeah, the universal world church. Right. But then there's the visible local church. And these functions that we're talking about, these four functions today, we're going to talk about two, applies to both. Right. It really does apply to both. Absolutely. Um, because these are the four things that each local church adds to the universal church, if you will. Yes. And so, um, all right. So visible manifestation, that's what the universal church is. We're, we're representing Christ to the world, but also the local church has to do that in their community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number two, and this is the one that we're going to kind of dive into because it really applies to the local visible church, which is this, to edify Christ's body. So let's define, if you can define the word body right there. Is it talking about, I think we know we're not talking about the actual physical body of Christ. We're talking about the living body being the church of Christ. So what it whenever you hear to edify Christ's body, what is something that just pops in? Well, the body of Christ is I, I think I, I think this statement, even though it's pretty broad, I think it works, is um the body of Christ is anybody who is born again. If you are in right. if you are born again, you are part of the body of Christ. Now you may not be acting like it. You may not be physically engaging with other believers right. coming together as a body, mm-hmm. but you are you're carrying the the card yes. of the body of Christ. So so the body of Christ is every believer on on the planet, 
whether they're part of a local gathering or not, you right. are part of the body of Christ. And I think you ought to be. If you're not part of a local gathering, I think you're not behaving right. properly as yeah. the body of Christ. But I think that's every person who's born again. Mm. So to edify them, the word edify means to build up. Mm-hmm. And so the objective of the church then would be to build up the individuals that make up the body right. and build up the corporate body at mm-hmm. the same time. And that's that's a little different. Right. Uh, there, there's some distinctions there. Yeah. You know, there's messages we we preach toward husbands, you know, yeah. and, and so that's that's specifically geared toward one demographic in the body, but it's it's still a part of the process of building up the body. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And this is one that is a corporate calling to edify the body, but it's also an individual calling. Absolutely. And I sent a video. Did Lori show you last night? Mm-hmm. I sent her a video. It was it was a funny video, but it was a very serious message. And it was on how many times and it was the it was a preacher talking about how wrong it is to go, I really didn't get out of anything out of church today. And how wrong that statement is. And how many times we've heard people say that. And what the minister was saying was like, what did you do to contribute? That's the consumer approach. That's the consumer. When, like I didn't right. get what yep. I thought I needed yep. from this rather than but but again, I, I I think some of the wrong paradigm we have as the American church especially, I'm not sure about other nations, but the American church is that, you know, we come to spectate and I'm not an active participant in this. Right. The people who are paid staff, their job is to do it. Right. My job is to watch it or right. be somehow a consumer of what they're handing off. Right. And there is an exchange in that. I mean, obviously, the preaching of the word is for the edification of the people. Right. And so there's a part of receiving. But I think we are too far on the I'm here to receive end and not a, enough on the I'm right. also here to contribute. And, th- and sometimes when we think contribute, that means I'm supposed to just work in the coffee shop. Right. Obviously, working in the coffee shop contributes, but it goes far beyond that. God has put things in you. You have right. giftings, the work he's done in you. He didn't just call me and you to make disciples. Right. He called individuals in the body yeah. to make disciples. So, yeah. so we should all be contributing to that instead of just being a consumer. And uh, just an example where this happened was um, yesterday. We had a lady show up who's been an online member of our church for a little while. And um, she showed up here for the first time on our property on a on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, I got to meet with her, and I was like, immediately as she started talking about her story and what she's going through, I immediately thought of another member of our church who she needs to be connected to. And I'll, I'll say her name. It's Miss Beth Bunch. And I was like, I got it. So I wrote down this lady's phone number. We were walking next door. She wanted to see the sanctuary. And I ran into Pastor Lori, and um, I was telling her about it. And she said, hey, Miss Beth's going to be up here like in five minutes. I was like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. And so Miss Beth showed up and said, hey, Miss Beth, this is what's going on. She's like, oh, yeah, where, where's she at? I'm, I'm in. I don't know how long they stayed up here. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Miss Beth yet. But that is something that's not from a pulpit. Right. It's not a message. It's literally the, the life of the body helping another member of the body. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. I was almost in tears, like how God orchestrated this entire thing. Yeah. Like, it was unbelievable. You know, it's funny because um, Laurie in the rec- in recent months has had some mothers uh, come to her 
and ask Lori to spend time with their daughters, with their um, right. like junior high daughters. Right. And so Lori, of course, said yes. And so Lori's been spending time with them. With it started with one, but what's funny was somebody heard that, <laughs> and now she's up to about four. That weekly, these these young girls come, and if you know Lori, like she's a busybody. Lori's never sitting still. So Lori may be next door cleaning a closet out or something and she'll just tell that little girl hey come with me right and so they just get to be with laurie mm-hmm. as she's doing what she does which i think is a beautiful picture of discipleship right um because it's not always an appointment it's a just doing life together right and so what laurie and i have decided though is she has limited time energy resources so i'm like laurie not only do you need to spend time with these girls you need to infect some of your friends with the idea yeah. that they can do what you're doing. Right. So I'm like, what if we had four, five, six, eight, ten women who would take one or two? Because really, one or two is about the only right. time most people have to spend with somebody like that. But what if these women of God, who are more mature in their would would spend time with these younger girls? Talking about edifying the body. And I think that's what it needs to look like. So we appreciate the Sunday morning services. Obviously, we spend a lot of time, right. a lot of our, our resources allocated toward that what happens here on Sunday morning. But especially us with our calling to make disciples. Right. I think if we're really going to function as the body of Christ, it's got to go beyond Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And it's got to get to the place where we can where Miss Beth Bunch will talk to that lady and spend time with that lady and then Laurie will spend and then Laurie will get her friends involved right. in it. And and imagine if I was discipling a couple guys and you're discipling a couple right. guys and other members in the church get yeah, a, get infected with this, all of a sudden we can make a real difference. And I'm telling you, I'm so passionate about this. I do not want a church full of spectators and just people who are church members. I there is not a single place in the Bible where it says we are to make church members. Mm. We are to make disciples. And that takes way more than just showing up on a Sunday morning with the idea that I'm a consumer. Right. Give me what I need. Yeah. You just hit my passion button. I'm no, sorry. I'm ready. All right. So <laughs> Ephesians 4, it, this is where this comes from about edification of the body. And I'm going to read um, a couple of verses. It's Ephesians 4:11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. I love how the gifts are callings, by the way. Um, That just popped into my head. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. I love how the maturity comes with knowledge of God's Son meaning uh, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Normally we stop right there, but I want to keep reading because this is really good. If that happens, verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about every wind of new teaching, which that is huge for right now. There is deconstruction of people's faith going on with all this doctrine coming. We... So how will we know that we're not going to be tossed to and fro? By the unity of the body, by equipping one another, by edifying one another. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak truth in love. 
So how do you edify? You speak truth and love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Love it. That, whenever I read that um, this past weekend preparing for Sunday morning, I was like, there is so much meat in that. Absolutely. Especially, I think this applies, I'm, I'm again, I don't want to be so um, narrow-minded to be like, it only applies to us, but looking at the world and culture and history if this doesn't apply now more than ever, I don't know what does. Right. Because there is so much. People are getting their theology degrees from TikTok right now, <laughs> which is major issues, right. major problems. Um, so, yes, I believe this is what it means to edify the body. Well, I think the Internet has um, obviously, um, and all the platforms, we don't have a lack of information right now. We have a deluge of information. Perfect. So right. there's constant information coming at us. Right. And in, if we're not careful, it will we will be tossed to and fro. You know, we watch this guy, and he says this, and we move in that direction. Right. Then the next guy contradicts him, and we move in that Ooh, direction. Yeah. To me, it's a yeah. perfect picture of being – if there's ever been a society with the capability of being tossed to and fro, it's right now. Yes. And, you know, because there's so much information coming at us 24-7 – that it's not that we have to try to find truth. We have to sift through all yes, this garbage yeah. to find truth. You know what I'm saying? It's not like right. it's, a, it's a hunt for one little thing. No, we have to move a thousand things. Right. It's like that needle in the haystack. There's right. a bunch here. I just got to find out what's right. true. And so I, I love this because what I want for our church is, and I think a disciple knows truth. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to raise people up who know truth. So this gives us a, the prescription on how to do that. Right. And and it's different, though, than I think most people um, realize, because this was a big shift for us, that my job, and listen to this carefully, because this is going to rattle some people. My job as a pastor is not to do ministry. Right. My job, according to this passage, is to equip you to do ministry. So the ministry is done by the body. Right. My job is to resource the body, equip, edify, build up the body so that they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. So so the prescription is the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists, we equip. Mm-hmm. The body then begins ministry. Um, we find truth. We get solid. We get discipled. We do ministry. The world's happening around us, but we're not tossing right. to and fro. Instead, this this prescription builds a mature body, a complete body, built up knowledge of God, mm-hmm. mature, fruitful. That that's where we're heading. But that's not the normal paradigm. Most people come to church, come to a church with the paradigm that they're professional ministers whose job is to do ministry. My job is to receive ministry. Then I go home. And people are tossed to and fro. Yes. Because we're not edifying one another. Right. And edifying, I, I think definition of edifying needs to be determined because edifying doesn't mean, hey, Jody, I like your shirt. I mean, that's a word of encouragement, but that's not edifying as the biblical sense, I don't believe. Right. I mean, I'm speaking to the God part into you. Right. I am speaking the words of truth over your life. You are fearful and fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, God has given you the mind of Christ. Like speaking those things 
and letting the gift of prophecy come out in you to where you go shake somebody's hand on a Sunday morning, man, what if you spoke the words of life to that person? Right. We have no idea what's going on in their right. life. And yet, if we just come with the idea of I'm receiving, then you miss the opportunity to maybe give to somebody right. on the, in the body. And what edifies people is the Word. You and I were talking about this yesterday, John seventeen seventeen, in Jesus' prayer, uh, as he was praying for his disciples before, he, before his crucifixion, before he left. He, his prayer was, God, sanctify these men by truth. By the Word. Yeah. Your Word is truth, right. is exactly how the, the verse reads. Right. Uh, so it's, and sanctified means to set apart. So right. I think that word edify, sanctify, they're, they're, they're synonyms, right. you know, they're, they're common words. Um, and so if we're going – if a church is going to edify people, it's going to be by speaking this to them, mm-hmm. right? It's the Word that renews our mind, shapes us, conforms us to the image of Christ, right. who is the Word made flesh yeah. according to John 1. Right. So there's no – it's not the Word and Jesus. It's the Word and Jesus, right. you know? And so they're one. So as we uh, as we speak the Word – in other words, not my opinion. A pastor's opinion doesn't edify always unless it aligns with the Word. Right. My opinion filtered through the Word right. will bring edification. But this is the most important thing. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, j- I think it's very important to know truth. And to be married to truth, not married to methods. And whenever we get those two mixed up, that's when I see people tossed to and fro. Is we've heard it. I mean, I got I, I got saved here in '97, and maybe that was right in the transition to shift. And I remember, you know, the the change message. I remember your dad. Do you remember this on a Sunday morning? He's preaching on change about being married to the message of Christ, not married to the method. Right. And he started speaking and he wasn't on stage. Do you remember this? Mm-mm. And we're like, where is he at? Well, he had the ushers put the podium in the back of the auditorium <laughs> and he preached for 10 minutes in the back of the auditorium wow. just to kind of make a paradigm shift that it's not about the podium being in the front right? and just how we got to be married to the message, not the method. But so long, I feel like the older being, I, I'm, I'm turning 39 next week. The older I get, I see how easy it is to be married to the method that this is truth. The way that we do it is truth. But necessarily it's not. Because if that's the case, then how they have church in Asia is wrong then. right? And so that's where I think it's important to keep doctrine and theology, doctrine and theology. Yeah. the, the um, epistemology, the study of beliefs, why we believe what we believe, and the methods. Right. And we know the methods change, but we marry to them so much because of we're comfortable doing it. Yeah. Anything you do over and over again, your your mind actually develops pathways like ruts in your mind, like right. this is how it's supposed to happen. And any when my dad speaks from the back, it rattles everything because, oh, my gosh, because our mind has created these right. pathways that, no, this that's not how you do church. Right. You know, it has to be in the front. <clears throat> um, and so I, I, I think it's okay to shake up methods. It's probably helpful every once in right. a while. I know I was out last week, and, and you guys did worship at the end. You know, we, mm-hmm. we I think y'all sang a couple songs at Two the songs. front. Two songs, right then our message, and then worship. Again, that even rattles some people, you know, because right. we have some people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call some of you out. <laughs> you Go know, ahead. Call them out. 
it's funny because we, we have a whole tribe of people who show up at like 10 25 you know they come after worship and but they know the routine of the method of how we do church right so they're like yeah if i show up at 10 25 you know the music's yeah. over with we can then just jump in and hear the message and so um doing things different is funny when they when somebody walks in at 10 25 and they don't see the band on stage they see the speaker on stage yeah. they're like oh, oh, what oh, did i miss oh. what did i miss you know yeah. so i think it's good probably every once in a while to um to right. rock the boat and change the method right? Uh, to remind us that we're not married to the method. And, yeah. you know, Lori and I planted a church um, in 2009. We planted a church in Austin, Texas. And planting a church is, is was an interesting time because there's no routine yet. There's no rut. And so we were able to really, my little phrase is, erase the chalkboard mm-hmm. and go, what does church look like? Do we have to do it like – right? do we have to meet on a Sunday morning? Do we have to meet at 10 o'clock? Do we have to – Right. Does it have to look like it's always looked? Um, and so it was an interesting time to kind of shake up the method. Mm-hmm. And our church ended up not looking like the traditional church, and, and I enjoyed that. Right. And I think it was very fruitful. I really do. I'm not exaggerating. It was To me, it was one of the most beautiful expressions of the body of Christ I've ever been a part of. I've said that a thousand times. But it's because we weren't married to the method. We're married to the, to the mission mm-hmm. you know, of, of edifying people, building up the body of Christ, um, being a representation of our head, right. being a physical representation of our head and edifying people. Yeah. And so we accomplish the purpose. Uh, we're more focused on the purpose than the method. Right. And then where I have to be careful is, is people want to throw out the good. Like, for example, the old expression, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Just because we know that personal discipleship is sometimes more effective than a Sunday morning church. Yes. Doesn't mean you throw away the Sunday morning church. Right. And me as an extremist, sometimes I can go, burn it down. Let's <laughs> let's burn it. Let's go do this. But I always say this. I was invited to an address in 1997. Yeah. 1410 West Napoleon Street. Right. I'm not saying that if my friend wouldn't invite me to a living room, chances are I probably wouldn't win because right. that's just strange sounding. But I went to an address and saw this building and met a group of people, and it changed my life. Right. And so I, for me to say burn it down, I think that would be hypocritical because well, it, it, there's good in what we do. But you've got to have both. You know, there is a, there's a movement right now of people. And I don't know if it's as prevalent right now as it was two, three years ago, but who, um, who have pulled away from the church, meaning – meeting on a Sunday right. morning with a group of people. And I get it. I mean, um, uh, most of those people I know still love Jesus, and I'm not right. – but somehow they, they feel like that's not valid. And and I get that. I, I understand that. But um, actually I was studying for this week's um, – the message I'm going to speak on Sunday, and one of the terms that um, that the New Testament uses for this thing that we do uh, is the word church. So it, the the New Testament calls it the church. Well, that word is ecclesia. You mentioned this last Sunday when you spoke. The word is ecclesia. Well, that word it it wasn't an originally it wasn't originally a a church a religious term. An ecclesia is a gathering of people in a public place to deliberate a subject. Right. Okay. So in other words, it wasn't com it wasn't uncommon for somebody to to gather people in the city square and say, let's talk about the sidewalk 
in front of Miss Jones's house, right. <laughs> you know, and they get they'd come together and they would discuss it. And but then after the church was born, that word ecclesia has a religious uh, connotation to it. And that means the coming together of a group of people in a public place to deliberate the subject of the gospel. So in studying that, it really validated the fact that churches, we come together on a Sunday morning. I don't think there's anything sacred about a Sunday morning. I don't think there's anything sacred about 10 o'clock. Right. Now, those times in that day work in our culture because most people are off on Sundays, and right. that just works for us. But if you did it on Saturday, I don't think it would it would matter. Right. Um, but I think there's it's we can find scriptural basis for what we do as coming together as right. individual believers, as individual members of the body coming together as the body in a public place, yeah. which would be our auditorium Absolutely. at a certain time. To worship together and mm-hmm. to and to deliberate the right. gospel together, so yeah. it validated that to me because I have pe- some people say, "Well, I get together with another couple in my living room, and that's church." Or I gather my family around on a Sunday morning in our living room, and that's church. Again, I'm not saying it's not, but I'm also saying there's there's validity right. to being yeah. a part of yeah the corporate Absolutely. gathering. Absolutely. But at the same time, if the church isn't, the local body is not edifying in its, we always say if your church is not edifying the body of Christ, if it's not edifying um, being what Jesus told the church to be, then find another church. And don't and leave by it God, altogether. this is America. There's, yeah. I promise you there's one in your town or there's one within a 20-minute <laughs> drive of your home. You know, right. So don't use that as an excuse right. to not gather. Yeah, absolutely. And so according to 1 Corinthians I believe that you should come in on a Sunday morning or a Saturday, whenever you have church. I believe that you should come in with the idea that I have a gift to give. Absolutely. And because in 1 Corinthians 12, everyone has a gift to give whenever you're meeting together. Doesn't mean everybody is has a gift of ministering from a pulpit. Or singing a song. Or sing, as we know, <laughs> I don't have a gift for that, and a lot of people don't. Um, but you do have a gift to give. And Absolutely. don't devalue the gift that you have just because it may not be a spotlight gift. Right. Because honestly, there's so, when you're talking about what Jesus said, there's a lot of things that he said do in secret. Yeah. That the Father sees. And so I would love I would love for a member of our church as they're walking up to the doors of our building, you know, for a spouses to look at each other and go, Okay, remember we're on mission. Right. What are we here to do today? Yeah. Who can we bless? What yeah. is God saying anything to you? Is mm. God, you know, looking for that person? Maybe it's the, hey, we want to invite somebody to lunch today, or maybe it's a word of encouragement to somebody, right. or, you know, whatever it is, but just come with that idea that I need to leave here having, I, I need to come here and, and leave a deposit in this place. Yeah rather than just come as a spectator or as a consumer. I have one example of that, and um, I'm not going to say names because I think this guy would um, strangle me if I said his name. Um, but he not he wouldn't because he's a believer. But this was like four years ago, and we were wanting to do a family vacation, but our finances were really tight. We had some um, vehicle stuff that we had to fix. So we're like, all right, this is how much it costs. We're not going to go. It's just going to be too much. Well, that that was a Saturday night. Sunday morning, we come to church. We forgot about it. It's just a family vacation. It doesn't really matter. And so we're just kind of like, all right, yeah, we're not going to go. We're going to just save up and go somewhere next year. Well, that morning, a member of our church came up to me, and he says, hey, this morning when I woke up, 
I believe that the Lord put this in my heart to to have a gift to give, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to give you this. Mm. He gave me the same amount wow. that cost for the vacation that we needed. Beautiful. Again, where my mind went was like, okay, we're going to use this to pay off a bill. But I was like, no, this is the exact amount. And so mm. we were a. And again, I, that sounds like a very goss, uh, a very prosperity old time, but I'm serious. It was just something that's like, oh my gosh. And if I would not accepted it, he would not be given that gift. But this is a guy who you would not, this is a good old boy, blue collar. You would not think that this guy was doing, but he woke up and just like, I'm, I'm not a spectator. I have something to contribute. I have to something to contribute. And it doesn't have to be money. Right. Like it can be literally a word. Absolutely. It can be a word of affirmation for somebody. Absolutely. And um, don't be stingy with that. That's right. Don't be freely stingy. you have give freely received. I love that that heart, that spirit that freely I've give, freely right. I, I receive. You know, freely I've received, freely yeah. I give. So. And by edifying, that is the manifestation of Christ's body. Absolutely. Like when you, whenever you are edifying each other and building each other up with, I mean, what, sing spiritual psalms over one another. What what is all that? That's yeah. edifying the body. And when you do that. I believe you are making Christ known throughout the world. I've got a guy in our church who um, about five mornings a week sends me a text with a uh, either a verse he read mm. or a quote from Charles Spurgeon or <laughs> a C.S. Lewis quote or right. something, and he doesn't expect anything. In fact, I don't even respond most of the time, but he's just like, I just know he's edifying me. He's mm. he's not a spectator in this game. He's, he's very much involved. I love it. Absolutely. And – when I'm, there's so many, I'm sure you have stories of people saying something to you right when you needed it. Yeah. And I always think, what if that person held that? I had that Sunday morning. I, I was telling, I was telling the staff and Jody, whenever I preach Sunday, it felt very heavy to me. And when I got off the stage and you'll know if you ever, if y'all have ever spoken, when you get off, immediately you start judging yourself and mm-hmm. like, oh my God, did I say that right? And I go back to my office and check the theology of what I said to make sure I said it exactly right. Um, because that's the weight is to, you know, rightly divide the word of truth. And I feel that weight. And I'm just like, oh gosh, should I say that right? Well, immediately the text messages pour in from our body, from not my age people. I'm talking about older people, single moms, even like people who don't really know me somehow get my phone number like, hey, powerful message, change, best communion I've ever took. I really understand it now. And that right there, even though that may be a simple one sentence text, it edified you, you just edified me. Right. Good. Which was not a financial edification, but it was what I needed in that moment. So don't be stingy with it. Love it. That's so anyway, we're excited about this series. It's gonna be really good. You're speaking in it. Um, Pastor Lori is gonna be speaking in it as well. Um, do you know how many weeks we're going? Eighteen? 18. 52 weeks on the body of Christ <laughs> is what we're going to be doing. We're going to tighten you people up. <laughs> that's right. Next week, we'll film part two um, for this. We're going to talk about three and four of the functions of the church. And again, it has to do with you. Yeah. It has to do with us and not just our jobs here. And so thank you for joining us on the Victory Podcast. Like always, if you need anything, you can email or call the church office. We'll be glad to um, let you part of our body. If you're online, if you're an online member, Come and visit us. Absolutely. Like we'd it was lo- so great you. yesterday to meet somebody who's been watching this online. And her what she said to me was like, Hey, you always say, if you're an online member, you're still a member. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. But she was able to receive because she showed up physically as well. So come visit us and we'll see you next time. See you.